Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 163. John and Wendy talk to Gary Turner. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you today, John? Wendy, I am well. We're into week two of the British invasion of the HR Social Hour. So excited that we have Gary with us. (laughs) Wanted to mention, though, that as the show comes out on Thursday, Sunday night is our latest chat and Mm -hmm. really excited, Wendy, that you had somebody approach you to co-host and we're going to have a great topic. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Claire Petrie, who we know and love, she's been on the show a couple of times. Uh, She reached out with uh, an idea for talking about emerging professionals, which, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think we're going to get some great conversation in there. Another call out, if you want to, if you have a great idea for a, a chat and want to reach out to us, let us know. We'd be happy to um, chat with you about it and talk through some ideas because we're always looking for new stuff to talk about um, and chat about in our twice week, twice monthly, not twice weekly. Wow. That would be no, Wendy, we're That'd not doing that. That's not an announcement. No, 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 no. not happening. Twice not a anytime month. soon. <laughs> Twice a month. <laughs> I thought it was great when we first started talking about co-hosts, and, and this year in particular, just been blown away at the response. Yes, the topics they're bringing and the engagement they're having. Really appreciate everybody that's done it to date. We've got several more coming up through the year. Mm-hmm. However, we we do have more that are open, and yep. while we enjoy coming up with ideas, we love some of the ideas that are coming. And I think to your point too, with the emerging professionals, I think it's important to remember that it's not just necessarily what you consider a, you know, a newbie or somebody coming right. right out of school or early in their career. We have people that take part in our chats that want to get into the HR mm-hmm. business and the mid-career or late yeah. career that are starting over, want to do something different, engage yeah. in this way. Definitely come, yes, be engaged, Check, make sure you're checking out what uh, Claire's got going on. But yeah, if you have a topic that you'd like to at least float, Send us yep. a note. We'll talk about how to get hold of us at the end if you don't know already. Yeah, we'd love to do that. For sure. Well, as I mentioned, Wendy, week two of the British yep. invasion and really excited. As Gary said, I feel like we've been following each other for a long time. It's actually the first time we've ever spoken. So really excited oh, to, wow. to have this conversation yep. today. Let's make the introduction and get started. Super pumped to welcome Gary to the show today. Gary is a strategic advisor across international sales, people, and culture to a 3 billion euros turnover corporation and a two-time tech startup. So Gary, welcome to the show. Again, we are so excited to have you here. And our first question is, what is in your glass? Wow. Thank you both, Wendy and John. This is honestly a privilege. I've followed you both for so long now. So this is super exciting. Um, What's in my cup is water today, Wendy. Not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> we say, Gary, that we totally understand if it was something else because it is later in the day there. Yes. As we record, it's Saturday morning in the States. If we talk about, if we had something else, I think we might have other conversations offline. <laughs> that, you know, probably not the best, <laughs> best way to start your weekend. Or maybe we're rolling out from Friday, but no, we're not. I don't know. Earlier, Wendy told us that her phone didn't work. She didn't respond to me. Maybe there's something there. Who knows? But. <laughs> Gary, really appreciate you being with us and curious, how do you develop into the strategic advisor role that you're now? And while we didn't get too deep in your bio, you know, you you have this focus and interest in human centric design and humane leadership. How did you get there? It's, it's a checkered journey, uh, John, as you'd expect. But I think that the, the big the big shift, I think, for this conversation is I'm actually I come into HR people culture from a sales perspective. So I've been in international sales for over 20 years. And the really short answer to your question is, 
I reached my pinnacle, inverted commas, five years ago. Had the salary, had the car, had the nice life. Everything we're taught matters. And I felt absolutely empty, completely hollow. So I got really curious. Why do I feel so empty, even though having everything the outside world tells us matters? So I started looking into HR, people, OD, and it just took me down this incredible rabbit hole around people, human-centered design, culture. So I'm now really almost coming back out the other side of that arc, John, bringing together this blend of international commercial understanding, culture, people, L&D, OD, and bring that all together into the strategic mix where I serve my company and people outside of the company with a more holistic view on what's possible within the workplace. I really like that idea of looking deeper into why do we do what we do? And I think I've said it a, you know, a number of times, people just want meaningful work. And so I love that you're doing that. I love that you're helping people find that. You have a, a unique challenge that you're working you know, internationally across the globe. What's the biggest universal challenge you see leaders having? There's two things probably wrapped up in one. So one is definitely pace. So there's digitalization everywhere. There's the speed of business everywhere. But at the same time, on the other side of that coin is the lack of ability to listen deeply and generatively, i.e. create the space to let someone else feel truly seen and heard. And I think those two, that, the combination of those two things are one of the biggest leadership challenges of our time, I feel. What would you recommend to somebody to help them help their employees feel like they're being heard? I know it's a deeper conversation than, you know, give us the top three <laughs> things you can do. But... <laughs> My invitation, the starting point is always practice. It costs nothing. We've got the technology now. We've proven it the last 12 months. What's stopping any leader in HR or elsewhere saying, hey, let's get together 30 minutes. Let's do a mini um, round table. Okay, what's on your heart and mind, Wendy? What's working well for you today? What isn't? Okay, quick check-in. John, what's working well for you today? What isn't? And just go around the table in 30 minutes and do that once a week with your team. Really simple use the technology, you'd be amazed the difference that, that that would make, A, to the innovation and insights you receive, but B, how you connect to your team as well. I think what you said in terms of the listening piece, it's great to ask, but then what are you going to do with it? I think that's something to really consider too. And you know, I know a lot of leaders leaders say they ask, and you can tell they're it's a disinterest or I'm checking the box. I've got to do it because I feel I feel like I have to, but Taken, you know, I guess taking that in, uh, it's a great point. I'm curious, coming from your background, what's the response been from HR practitioners that you work with? Sometimes sales and HR, while they should, they are connected in a lot of ways. A lot of what we do is it's a different type of selling, but it's selling. Sometimes people are in the silo and don't aren't necessarily open to others. How what's that been like for you, particularly as you started studying more and getting engaged in the community? What what's that been like? Yeah, it's a brilliant question, John, because it's a challenge. And it's a challenge because how we still design work is still like the old machine, very innocently, very accidentally. But as soon as you have HR in one department, sales in another department, and you don't have a natural frictionless way for those teams to engage with one another, then you have challenges. I think the big piece in all of this, again, is how do we use technology to bring together cross-functional teams to share knowledge? And I think this is one of the biggest opportunities we have right now is what stops any one of us in any role, particularly within HR, who've got a beautiful all-seeing view of an organization, more than anybody else, actually, even more than the CEO most of the time, what can we do to intentionally bring together different people from different functions into a same space 
and then go through that listing exercise again. It does. This stuff doesn't, for me, uh, John, have to be like huge investment or you know very very difficult. It's just about, it's all about intention. It's all about energy. It's all about truly wanting to hear and see people and giving them the space um, to, to do that. One of the things, Gary, that you've been very passionate about and talk a lot about is vulnerability. And I think it's something that we don't talk a lot about necessarily, not only in HR, but in business in general. Talk a little bit about kind of how you came to that conclusion as to why you felt that was so important. Why do you think we don't talk more about it collectively? One, it's difficult. It's difficult to say that we don't have all the answers. It's difficult to say I need help. These are aspects of our human condition that we've not been taught at home through education and certainly not in the workplace are valuable. So I think there's a, there's a mindset issue of certainly my generation and probably the generations before. We're definitely seeing that shifting. But right now we still have a huge bottleneck in a belief system that is very much about suppress emotion don't show more. Don't show more of your true self. You might be attacked. You may not be. You know, there's a lot of negative stereotype around vulnerability. But my route into this to answer your question, John, was I myself was bullied as a kid, age 12, 13. Like we've all got our own version of a story, and I held on to that for 25 years until the age of 39. At that point, I shared earlier, and I went, "Oh, oh my God! Well, I don't have. To, I've got all of this stuff. Out. I've got. I've got the money. I've got the salary. I've got the job title." I've held on to fear because of being bullied as a kid, didn't know how to express the feelings for 25 years. And what happened with vulnerability is I suddenly, as I shared my story, as I'm doing now with you, John and Wendy today, I drew people in. People were like, oh my God, it's okay to do that. And then someone else shared a story. Then somebody else shared a story. And this isn't about therapy. It's a completely different act um, <laughs> of work. But there's something about just role modeling sharing a bit more of yourself. It doesn't have to be everything. But the more we show a bit more of our true selves, we invite other people to do the same. And as you, and as you practice that muscle, John, it gets easier. So I think that would be my summary. We talked a little bit about the fact working with global teams and leadership. Do you see pockets culturally where it's addressed differently or seen differently just based on social mores or norms of wherever that place may be? I won't speak on behalf of my main direct job role, um, but, I'll, but I'll, I'll speak from a point of view of experience of working there and also advising two really new innovative tech startups. It's exactly the same challenge. Mm. So do we create space to allow us as human beings to come together to share stories? So stories of what's working, stories of where we're struggling, stories of where we need help. What I'm on a bit of a mission to do, John, is to really debunk the idea that labels and generations and sizes of organizations mean anything because it doesn't all that matters is are we actually creating the space to truly see and hear each other regardless of how we identify regardless of the size of the company regardless of the function we work in do i see you as a human being first or not and you need to create space for that gary you hosted the value through vulnerability podcast for several years you wrapped up that show and then launched Activating Consciousness in January. What led to the change in direction and what's been the most surprising thing to come out of podcasting for you? If I may, I'll start with your last uh, question first, Wendy, actually. And I think for me, it's just podcasting. And I love, you know, I've listened to your podcast for a while now. For me personally, it's, it's growth. Like every conversation, this conversation, I'm going to learn something or be reminded of something that's of value. It happens every single time. 
So there's always a growth element to podcasting, whether you're listening or being part of, and I love that so much. In terms of the change of direction, so I started May in May 2018 with Value Through Vulnerability, and that was because I was at that stage of my own journey of no one seems to be talking about vulnerability or self-awareness really in the workplace. Like I'm trying to find this content, Wendy and John, where is it? And I couldn't, fi- and I couldn't find it. So I was like, okay, I might as well start it and see, I'll do one episode, then another one and see what happens. And two and a half years later, we've done 138 episodes with a whole range of different people, HR, the E&I, CEOs, et cetera. But the reason for my change in direction was for me personally, and it links to your question actually, Wendy, is I feel that I'm always work in progress, but I'd learned enough on that part of my journey about being very specific around vulnerability, being the lead discussion. So I was like, okay, that content's there. That's going to be really helpful for hopefully a generation of leaders that want to dive into that content, but maybe don't want to be seen. They want to do it in their own time. They want to maybe be a bit more sort of quiet about it. And so the Activating Consciousness podcast is really looking at systems. So I'm talking to systems thinkers, trying to talk to indigenous tribe leaders, talking to regenerative practitioners down in the Southern Hemisphere. And so what I'm really looking at now is using the learning from the first podcast to try and bridge what I call the difference between the global South communities. So in Asia and Africa, where we don't really hear an awful lot about HR and um, you know business and leadership, and how can we bring a Southern and Northern global conversation into a, into a space? So that's really the mission now of, uh, of activating consciousness. I love that. You know, and that's you know something John and I have been trying to get connected um, in the larger global community as well. So we'll, we'll definitely have to connect more as, as your podcast grows and uh, just share those connections. As we talked about in his last episode or whenever it may be, you know, one of the reasons that we wanted to do this month is to really introduce to our primarily American audience, there are people doing really great things like you're doing that apply to what we do and that we should be talking about vulnerability. And we should be talking about the whole, you know, really focusing on people and listening our listener in Mongolia, which if you're listening right now, contact me. Cause I really want to talk to you. You know, you just never know who's going to hear it and how it resonates. So it is really exciting to see what you're doing, particularly now with that focus. But I love that idea of I learned everything I can do here. And I think that's the great thing about podcasting too. You know, we, we have certainly seen a shift in what we're doing because it keeps us entertained, right? At the end, like we want, we want to engage the audience, but we've got to stay engaged as well. One of the things that we've done in the, in the last many months with that is that we are starting to crowdsource questions. And Josh Rock asked, what have you done recently to contribute to the good HR karma bank? How, how good a question is that, John? <laughs> we thought it was a great question. One of the easier ones to answer, we thought, too. He said it, and he couldn't be being on this podcast. I think I think Josh said that, but I, th- I think you probably got a, another answer for that. No, it's, it, it's awesome. For me, without trying to sound cheesy, I'm trying to role model for the HR community and the wider business what vulnerable leadership looks like, because I believe in it so much. So that's, so that's one lens. But in terms of actually giving or paying forward for the community, I'm quite active on Clubhouse, um, the new app, um, and I'm trying to host rooms regularly around human-centered design, organizational culture, and really going out of my way to co-moderate with people, as you do brilliantly with your own platforms. So how can we actually have an intentionally diverse hosted conversation on, on Clubhouse, talking about things like DEI, culture, listening, um, mindset, etc. 
So that's how I'm trying to pay it forward is by trying to be someone that holds space and invites others in, particularly over time with those that maybe come from um, disadvantaged groups at the moment. Love that. And I'm loving the conversations that are happening on Clubhouse, though I am missing some because I had to turn off the notifications because they were just... (laughs) The notification clubhouse has got to work on that because that was it was getting crazy. <laughs> Gary, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the half hour question connection. What career did you dream of having when you were a child? <laughs> I'm laughing at this one. I wanted desperately to work in a retail head office. Don't ah. ask me. Don't ask me why, but I did it weirdly. Um, <laughs> but I reached my childhood dream, Wendy. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. How do you even know what working in a retail office is at that point? I'm just. I've got no idea, John. Honestly, I've never been asked this question either. So kudos to you two for asking (laughs) it. You you took me right back there. You took me right back there. (laughs) Gary, who's one person you gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? To have one. Honestly, I'd rather you put two zeros on the end. That would have been a lot easier for me. If I was going to say one, I'm going to say Rocky Howard. And Rocky Howard is quite new in my life, but she's incredible. She's the chief diversity officer for a tech company called Smart Recruiters. And she has got her own podcast as well, The Voices of Diversity. And she's a real powerhouse. Amazing human, very human-centered. And I would love to see her on your show at some point. Awesome. We'll have to check her out for sure. How do you maintain balance? Not always easy. Um, But for me, (laughs) I tend to get into nature. So I try when I when I find I'm getting overwhelmed or things are getting a little bit too chaotic, I try and just get out, walk, go to the park. That tends to be my release valve generally for um, for keeping balance. Beyond Clubhouse, in terms of depositing into the Karma Bank, how else do you enjoy giving back to the HR community? Yeah, so for me, it's it's really engaging in meaningful conversation. I also, again, I look back to the Value Through Vulnerability podcast, John, and I just enjoyed lifting other people up. You know, I'm an absolute committed human being to raise, to lifting up the voice of others. And if I can be even 1% like Mr. Steve Brown by the end of my career in terms of lifting other people, I'll be very, very happy. Gary, what's your favorite movie? See, now you've got me. See, all of these, I'm like, I've got two, Andy. I've got two. So you have two. <laughs> we'll take two. Okay. We just don't take 100. We'll take two. Right, right. <laughs> Thank you for that. So number one, I would say nudging it is the Shawshank Redemption cry every time and then the other one i cry every time and i just can't get away from it is the green mile they're my two all-time favorites gary what was the first concert you remember attending yeah i'm not sure i should talk about that publicly uh, john um <laughs> let, 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 i don't know i don't know i may want to hear more afterwards right <laughs> no um I, i'm only saying that from the point of view that i was a little bit of a late starter and i'm not many people realize this. I'm a bit of a dancer. I'm very much into my EDM, trance, techno music. And that they were the uh, types of events I went to as my first events. So anybody we'd know? Maybe. Um, Paul Van Dyke is a name as a trance okay. DJ. It was one of my first ones. What was the last show you binge watched? This one's a little bit easier. Narcos. <laughs> Narcos. Don't know that I've heard of that one. It just it feeds my curiosity, like drug barons and how they took them down and the ego that's involved. And it, it's sort of like the antithesis of everything I believe in, so I find it <laughs> curious. <laughs> I love it. I'm guessing with Shawshank and Green Mile, was Shawshank a Stephen King story too? Wasn't that a short story is? 
Yeah, I think so. Good question. I think they were. I yeah. think it is. So you, I think, okay. I just, I'm not familiar with Paul Van Dyke. I was very disappointed to hear that Daft Punk retired or blew up or whatever they did. Because most people would be surprised. Like one of my favorite bands ever is Pet Shop Boys. You look at me and would probably not assume that. But yeah, they're at top five for me. Like absolute favorite. So um, never never saw them or haven't yet. I don't know if there's, they're still, ter- well, not right now, but I think they still. Yeah, I think they are, yeah. What would be something, though, that would surprise people, a hobby, something you really like to do besides dancing? What else would surprise folks out there? I'll tell you what I'm going to share with you. I cry a lot more than people probably realize. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a ridiculously emotional human being, and more so the last three, two years than I ever realized. <laughs> As in, like, the most, the, our equivalent of um, America's Got Talent, so Britain's Got Talent. Like, I'll be watching something, like a couple of kids, I'll just start, I'll start crying at it. Like, it's, it's crazy. So, um, but anyway, <laughs> I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, you know, I think we need to talk about that more. So Gary, what do you believe is the biggest misconception people have about Great Britain? That everybody drinks tea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like it. <laughs> and I don't, do not, I, 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 do have, I was going to say, interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No tea or coffee. That, actually, there we go. There's another surprise. That will surprise people. I don't drink tea or coffee ever. Gary, as we mentioned, we are now crowdsourcing questions. And so if you were able to ask the next guest of the show any question, what would it be? My question would be for that next guest of yours, what do you think you're going to be doing in 12 months time? It could, it could, could be a job. It could be moving to a different country. I'd be really interested to know what they think they're going to be doing in 12 months time. What do you think you'll be doing in 12 months' time? <laughs> Great question, but <laughs> you, know, you know something? What I think it's based on the last 12 months, John and Wendy, could be anything. And I think that's what's really curious, yeah? So um, I think I'll be doing a lot more work supporting leaders, helping them be basically being their support as they step into this vulnerability journey. That's what I'll be doing a lot more of, I think. So not a coach, but more of a guide, helping people navigate that. We've had a chance to talk to a couple folks now where, where you are. How, how are things from a COVID perspective? Are you getting vaccinations or where, where do things stand over there for you? It's really one of these really weird things. If you look at just the media, God, you'd have no idea what's going on. But it's, it's, really, <laughs> it's really strange. Like half the country have had their first vaccinations, over, over okay. 30 million. People have had their first um, and they're expecting pretty much all of the country by the end of the summer to have had their first vaccination. So we are hoping, well, from this Monday, as we record, we're allowed to have six people out in an outside space together from two families maximum. And then by the end of June, we're hoping, if the numbers stay low enough, that we could actually be hugging each other again. And that's the thing I'm looking most forward to, because that's, I don't know about you too, how, how's your experience been of the last 12 months not being able to hug people? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I've hugged one person that's not in my family. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just lately. They'd already had COVID and I was like, <laughs> yeah. I think we're, we, we didn't hug out in public. People that I know it happened, but we didn't. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. It has been I, odd though. It has it, been it's odd. been odd. Well, I met somebody new last night. Uh, my husband introduced us to a new coworker of his who started at the university during COVID. So she had quite the interesting experience starting at a university during this time, but um, I, I had to stop myself from trying to shake her hand. 
because, you know, that's still just an automatic. And I was like, I'm not going to shake. Why, why, why am I starting to reach my hand out? No, we're not shaking hands today. So just those little things in our lives that have changed and trying to, to remember, it's not rude to not shake somebody's hand. I think that your question about the 12 months, it will be interesting to see how not only what per, I guess the professional for everybody's in, but even personally, how, yeah. how different is it going to be? Because right. I think hopefully we'll be able to hug or go see EDM or uh-huh. go to a movie, something, you know, along those right. ways. Wendy's going to keep going and having beers at eponymous and not, <laughs> not contacting you or me, but Hey, that's cool. And how it happens. Hey. <laughs> Gary, I, I cannot thank you enough for taking part in this conversation. Yeah. It's great to finally talk after five years, which is bananas that, we get engaged, get connected and talk online and don't really get a chance to talk. I'm sure. There are going to be some listeners that aren't familiar or that weren't familiar with, with you that are now best way for them to reach you out there, podcast, anything and everything in terms of how to get in touch. That's so kind of you both. Thanks for that invitation, John. So I'd say um, LinkedIn's the best place for me. So if you, if you look for Gary Turner, G-A-R-R-Y Turner, strategic advisor, you'll find me on there. And also I'm on clubhouse at vulnerable Gary is my handle. And it's the same. Uh, it's the same handle as well. I, no, or is it on Instagram? You'll find me. There's not many Garys with G A Y Turner. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what, what was really exciting, actually, John, is that if you go and type Gary Turner with two R's into Google, I've made it onto the front page alongside a guy that's got the same name, who's got the stretchiest skin on the planet. I've, made it. <laughs> I've, to- I've totally made it. I've totally made I love it. it. Wow. I love it. I love it. <laughs> We're going to have some of that in the show notes. Yeah. Stretchy man, not so much. Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there? Uh, best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is days and dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurman and for the show, HRSocialHourPodcast.Podbean.com. Make sure that you go wherever you're listening to our show, go find Gary's show because it'll be there, either of his shows, because he's had two, which is super cool. And now you can listen to different topics there. Make sure you're following whatever platform you're on, follow, share, whatever you can do to help boost our signals. We all, all three of us would appreciate that very much. International listeners, you know, we're in an international month. We want to talk to you. So please reach out. Let's have those conversations to get you on the show and talk about EDM and stretchy skin and vulnerability and all these great things that we've talked about. And the fact that not everybody drinks tea in England. I'm right. shocked. So very again, <laughs> appreciate, appreciate you being with us today for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.